welcome to Face to Face Podcast, a podcast dedicated to honoring Black women's storytelling and experiences. Tune in to hear stories about everything from career and new endeavors to the joys and challenges of everyday life from the perspective of Black women. I am your host, Rhea Taylor. Face to Face Podcast is available on all streaming platforms, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. You can follow updates on the podcast and my work on Instagram, and our page is active on Facebook at Face to Face Podcast. These resources will be linked in the description of each episode. On this episode of Face to Face, we have Maya and Mariah Manson, graduates from Northern Kentucky University and educators at Imagine Schools in Dayton, Ohio. Maya and Mariah have dedicated many hours to educating students and are now sitting down face-to-face to to share that journey with us and introduce their new book, Divine Sisters, A Call to Purpose. Let's dive into the episode and find out more about who they are and the inspiration for their story. Today I'm here with... Two very special guests, two ladies that I've known for a very long time since we were kids. So I'm really excited to hear about what they've been up to. Um, they are both teachers in the education field and they also have a new book coming out. And so they're here to talk to us a little bit about the new book, their experience um, in the workforce as teachers. And I'm really excited to have them here. So I will turn it over to them. Um, just introduce us, uh, your names, your location, and and just tell us what you're passionate about. Okay, so my name is Maya Manson, and I am currently teaching fourth grade. Um, I kind of jumped around, but I've been teaching for four years, which is my fourth year now. And um, I'm very passionate about um, fam- everything family, um, traveling. Um, I love going to church. I praise dance. Um, I love to cook. And I love to spend some time with uh, my son and my family. So I'm Mariah. We do pretty much everything together. Um, <laughs> so some of this is going to sound the same. Um, I, I am in my fourth year of teaching, too. Um, but I am a fifth grade teacher. My passions are family, traveling. I'm also really into just um, connecting with the black businesses and black organizations. I've been on this kick of just supporting black businesses. So, um, also I just like to, um, to, you know, just focus more on my health. So those are some things that I'm passionate about and are very important to me. Awesome. So they, just to let y'all know, they do everything. Uh, <laughs> they do everything. Like I follow y'all on social media and y'all are always involved in something and doing great things. And it's just always fun to see like what y'all are doing next. So can you tell us a little bit about your education background? Um, what has really been your experience teaching like since y'all started? So we both graduated from Northern Kentucky University, which was a great experience, but most of the experience we got was very, um, I want to say it wasn't an inner city experience. Mm-hmm. So we weren't prepared for the students that we came back in Southern Ohio. Um, but then we recently in August, we just graduated um, from University of Cincinnati with our master's degree in curriculum and instruction. We also yes. need to focus in gifted education. But as far as our um, ex- our experience, um, I think we've really um, had a great experience with inner city youth. Mm-hmm. We've seen um, students who um, just have different struggles, whether it be as far as um, their wealth, their parents' uh, backgrounds, um, the films they come in, the way the films are set up. It's been so much diversity um, and just so much that we've learned, uh, just how much they need us. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with students that need me and mm-hmm. depend on me. Because we can go other places like in Kentucky or somewhere where there are, uh, you know, neighborhoods that have more income. But those students don't need us. Right. And I appreciate the ones that do um, because you really see a difference you can make, even though sometimes it's difficult. But I appreciate seeing students that need me and even students that look like me. Mm-hmm. Yes, I want to add to that. Um, I think as far as college, I don't. I really don't believe nothing could prepare us for, you know, this experience that we had teaching. I think it's something that you just have to be built for, definitely, because mm-hmm. um, it's moments and there's times 
where unexpected things happen. And there are situations that happen that sometimes you don't know the answer for, but you try your best, you know, to you know, choose the best possible solution. And sometimes you have to, you know, go back and say, okay, that didn't work. Let me go back to the drawing board and let me try something else. So it's definitely an experience that I'm still learning and that I'm still, uh, you know, evolving in. But I think uh, definitely it's something that was built in us both to do. And that and the fact that we're doing it together makes everything a little bit easier. And it makes it funner, too, as well, that we can do it together and, you know, uh, help each other along the way. So Yeah, that's really special. Like, and I know you said that... Um you know, your education, like school couldn't really prepare you for working with inner city youth and working with like all the different things that you have to work with. How were, how did y'all prepare for that? Did you just kind of jump in into the fire? Like, was it just, you know, you kind of learning on the way? Like, do you really feel like, um, there are parts of your experience that kind of prepared you for it anyway? Like, what does that look like for y'all? I definitely think there were a few mentors, people who just gave us advice, um, not just um, mentors as far as the profession, but mentors spiritually um, that just taught us patience, taught mm-hmm. us how to not give up, reminded us of the power that we have, um, and just taught us authority. Um, and so I think it really, um, it's really something that you gain after that first terrible day, first terrible week, maybe first terrible month. <laughs> I um, feel like all teachers say yes. that. Yeah. And it's like, okay, once you get past the worst, it's a saying that says it has to get worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. And so once you see the worst, it's like, okay, how can it get better from here? And you learn more. So every year, my first day is better. Okay. Um, you know, I think my second first day or second year, I, I, I didn't go horse. So I think, you know, that showed me, I didn't even have to yell. It just showed me how much I grew. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just not giving up and just remembering that you have to be patient. You have to be patient. And then you have to always overlook um, the bad or the difficulties and, and remind yourself there are some good things that come out of this. Yes, I agree. I think definitely, I think, you know, two things that you need to do is to make sure that you care about the students because mm-hmm. I think, you know, the love will outweigh everything, you know. They can be a knucklehead one day, but you, <laughs> you know, love the students so much that, you know, you're always able to embrace them back in. So I think definitely the love is definitely, you know, what definitely keeps, you know, a good teacher going. And also being able to relate to them, you know, being, you know, knowing what inner city youth, youth look go through, you know, knowing, you know, as a child, you know, I uh, was fortunate enough not to, you know, be in some of the neighborhoods that they they, that they come from, but I know people that do come from those neighborhoods. Right, right. And I know, and I have family members that, you know, are, you know, from those kind of neighborhoods as well. So I think definitely being able to relate to them and, you know, being of the same, you know, uh, ethnicity definitely helps them to relate to me as well. And they feel safe. They feel like they have a role model to look up to. Yeah. So I think just being able to, you know, kind of be, um, their friend kind of be there, you know, confidant, just kind of, you know, being relatable, relatable to them really helps. Yeah, I definitely understand that. And being able to see a teacher that looks like you can definitely be a big support and comfort for a lot of students. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I want to know from you all, why teaching? Why did y'all decide to go into teaching at all and working with students? I, I actually, when I um, was younger, um, I wanted to be a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me forever to learn how to spell it, but I always said <laughs> I wanted to be a psychiatrist. Yeah. And I just wanted to help people. You know, I was very connected with my emotions, so I wanted to help others, you know, connect with their emotions. And so, um, you know, I went in, you know, kind of like high school year thinking, okay, I'm going to be, you know, a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but I always, you know, was around kids. My mom always, you know, had children over here. She always would help other people raise their children. So we were always around children and we'll always, you know, play like we were teachers and act like right. we were in school. Mm-hmm. And I actually was, you know, kind of good at school. So I think, you know, I kind of realized, you know, I want to help kids. Mm-hmm. So I kind of moved towards, you know, more of the educational field. But um, I think, you know, you never know what God's going to do. So I think, you know, 
at this moment, God wants me to teach. And I think, you know, that's uh, what he's been doing with me so far. But, you know, I think, you know, my, my ultimate goal is to help people, kids, adults. So I think that's kind of what always made me want to be a teacher. I just want to help people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, same here. But, you know, my focus, too, was learning. I love to learn new things. Mm-hmm. And I want to just help students to learn as much as they can. If there are any barriers or blockages to how much they can obtain, you know, I want to eliminate those. So I'm just like, how can how can we all learn better? So I just want to keep learning. So I just wanted to be a teacher, just to put that love into others. Yeah. Was it always your first passion when you were in high school or getting ready to go to college? <laughs> so I actually had this book um, where it tells from kindergarten to sixth grade what I wanted to be. Uh-huh. So I started off being a teacher. And then I wanted to be a pharmacist. I saw, I guess I saw people were sick. Mm-hmm. Then I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be a fashion model. I started, like, feeling myself. And then I, <laughs> and I was like, I just want a very rich man. I'm like, what was going on right, that year? Right. So then I guess I came back. And I finally came back. And I was like, I want to be a teacher. But I think, you know, my heart's desire, like I said, was to help people. Um, and, and teacher doesn't just mean students. I think yeah. one day, you know, I definitely could um, see myself in the uh, college um setting okay maybe helping um incoming freshmen i just like people i just like helping people especially with new experiences whenever they are crossing a new hurdle whether it be going to a college um you know first day of class i like making sure that first experience is the best experience you know and i think um there's so much you can teach somebody whose mind is open and fresh Mm -hmm. um so it's I like the idea, you know, sometimes as you get older in the grade levels, they don't, they don't want to know as much. It's like, I know everything, you right. know? Yeah. And so when they're like kindergarten, first grade, second grade, even though I probably would have difficulties teaching them, <laughs> they, they are desiring what you can offer them. Yeah. You know? And I, I think that's, that's, you know, it's awesome. And so I think this passion has over, grew over time because I realized how much it was needed. Mm-hmm. Everything else just kind of like what I wanted to do, what I thought was cool, but this is what I need to do. Yeah. People need this. So passion grew out of seeing a need. Yeah, and I feel like education is so broad anyway. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. like it's always going to be around. It's always different aspects of it um, that you can explore, like you said. And so I definitely think it's, 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 it's needed and it's a place for it. Um, okay, so, like, I know you all are currently, like, teaching right now. Um, how have you been adjusting to everything that's going on as far as, like, COVID and remote learning? Um, and how are you really trying to prepare students in and outside of the classroom Mm -hmm. with the new kind of barriers that are in place? Okay, so, um, COVID has been very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I think... You know, when everything got shut down, I think it was a little bit more, I don't know, I feel like it was a little bit easier only because, you know, we understood, you know, we couldn't do anything Mm -hmm. but teach online. Now we're at a point where it's like, what can we do? What can we not do? Like, when I went to go set my classroom up um, a couple weeks ago, we weren't allowed to have anybody help us. So Mm -hmm. it's like, um, it's like so many things that we can't do now. We can't you know, uh, have the kids come in and speak to us. So it's just so many things, so many, you know, barriers that um, we st- we're still unsure of. You know, we don't know quite what the schedule is going to look like. It's so many things that change. Like, it's, you know, one thing about teaching, though, and education, things change so much. Yeah. You know, standards change, rules change. But here recently, things are changing every week. Mm. Every week, there's either the governor saying something, right. either the district saying something, or the principal. It's, a, it's something changing every week. So, you know, good thing I, I did learn that, you know, just recently, I think we went down a grade level. Like, we are, you know, a less hazardous level. Okay. Not really, you mean like a hazardous level. Yeah, like yeah. we went down. Like, the kind is like on orange. Yeah, so we went down levels. So I think that's good. But what does that mean? Does that mean now that we have to get some, you know, get materials, right? What do we do? Do I prepare online? Do I still, you know, gather all these materials for in class? It's like, I don't, you know, you just have to be on your toes and ready to go because you never know, you know, with teaching because everything changes. You know, they can write the schedule down a thousand times and it's going to change next week. So it's just like, you definitely have to prepare. I think COVID really just helped things that were unexpected 
get even more unexpected. Mm -hmm. So I think that's definitely how I have to adjust. I have to be ready Mm -hmm. for, you know, just anything because you never know. So I think COVID really has, you know, helped me prepare a little bit better, you know, for, you know, whatever may come my way because you really never know. Right. Definitely. And I think, too, um, it's important that, I know you said getting the students ready, but we have to get the parents ready. Yes. Um, there's a parent that told me she she's a grandparent. She has seven grandkids. So I can only imagine how her mm-hmm. house is going to look with seven laptops, seven student desks, and seven students trying to log in at various age levels. And so I'm just like, oh, my prayers are with you because yeah. um, I really hope this is not something that the parents have to feel they have to teach their students. Um, because we want to, we want to still do our jobs. Right. Um, and we do want the parents involved, but finding that balance where it's not too much on them. Um, we definitely, I like the idea that we're doing, we're going to be doing live classes. Mm -hmm. So it's not just going to be here, there's assignment. We're actually going to be seeing them face to face, but even that presents its own challenges because as the students are on camera, they miss talking to each other. And so I don't know how they're going to navigate. Are they going to be like, like chatting on the chat box and we have to monitor it so I don't know you know right and then it's like how do I reward a student I'm so used to you know mm. having cool goodies having a treasure box like what I'm gonna do send home something in the mail every day or every week like right. how do I reward these? how do I even punish them like yeah you know if, if they like <laughs> if they are they don't need you know hopefully they won't be having too many issues but if something arises and there needs to be a consequence how do you um, you know, have, give a consequence virtually. So, there's so many unknowns, but you just yeah. have to go in with an open mind. I do, too, want to add that, you know, I think, too, it's kind of hard because, you know, beyond the teaching, you know, there's so many life lessons that I give throughout the year. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's how to interact with other people, whether it's, you know, how to deal with situations at home, whether it's how to present yourself. So, it's like, you know... It's so many life lessons that I won't be able to teach this year. You know, I learn my students and I learn certain situations and I help them cope with them. So some of those other factors, because, you know, one one thing about teaching, we learn that we have to teach the whole student. It's not just, you know, their intellect and their academics. It's, you know, them emotionally, you know, their behavior. So I can't correct, you know, their behavior. I can't correct, you know, how they walk into a classroom, how they, you know, introduce themselves to someone or how they, you know, will interrupt others. I can't correct those things. I can't help them in those different areas so I I am kind of concerned and I have to try to make opportunities to still have those life lessons and those social skills incorporated in this but it's only so much time and Mm -hmm. it's only so much attention that can be kept you know when the students are on the computers Mm -hmm. but we are in an age where you know students are you know want to be on the computers they they love technology and you know the world is really moving towards technology so i think it is great but i think we still need those sit down moments yeah you know so yeah that is important especially just to connect in there also too I feel like students have been at home for months and so they mm-hmm. get accustomed to being mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. They get up when they want to. They go yeah. to the bathroom when they want to. They take a snack when they want mm-hmm. to. Yeah. And so like yeah. how so yeah, like how are you going to really be able to regulate that? It's, mm-hmm. it's definitely going to be interesting. interesting. But <laughs> my my prayers will be with y'all and the parents too because a lot of parents are about to have to become teachers right. and yeah. That that can be a lot, especially if they are also an essential worker. So mm-hmm. that adds in another layer. So I will definitely be praying for y'all on that Thank one. <laughs> Thank you. And so you all are doing so much with students and having to adjust and be able to just kind of be quick on your toes and still have found time <laughs> to write a book. <laughs> so tell tell us a little bit about the book. What's the name of the book? Um, I do know it's a children's book, but let us know kind of just a little bit of background about what you've been up to. Okay, so the book is called The Divine Sisters. And so the name originated um, from uh, Mr. Shaq, Marla Shackleford. Um, we were trying to do this talent show for Tommy Owens. Mm-hmm. And he hit him, Mr. Shaq and Tommy Owens are just a great dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. They do a lot in the community. They're really awesome, awesome, awesome people. But anyway, we talked to the talent show. We wanted to be rappers. And so um, we came, we had this song that was called Boss Divas. And, you know, we did terrible at the audition. <laughs> terrible. Like, we, we, we missed all of our words. We forgot everything. Even though we practiced all night, we forgot uh-huh. everything. But he took us in the room, and uh, Mr. Shaq, he was just like, you know, I like your song. I like the name of the Boss Divas, but that doesn't fit who you are. 
Mm-hmm. This is like before Christ, before we really started going to church. You know, we was like, we're boss divas. He's like, I think you guys are divine divas. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you know, he put that God aspect on it. Yeah. And so, you know, I always kept that. And then after that, I mean, we just literally accelerated as far as spiritually. And so when I came back to thinking of that, I thought about divine divas and, and God was just like, no, divine sisters. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the name just stuck with me. So divine sisters. And this book is called Call to Purpose. I love that. And that's amazing that he saw that in y'all, yeah. you know, before it kind of took off for right. you all. Like, yeah. it's so important to have those people yeah. that are willing to kind of speak up right. and let you remind you who you are sometimes. Yeah, right. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think, you know, life would have been totally different, you know, had, you know. Y'all was the we boss of <laughs> <laughs> Right. It would totally different. So, I think definitely, um, you know, uh, so how the book originated. Um, so, one day I had a dream. Um, and you know, in the dream, you know, someone was just following me around and they were kind of watching me teach and they were just kind of watching me even through college. And, you know, I finally, you know, got a chance to speak to them and they were just like, um, did you know you were a superhero? And I was Mm. like, no, I'm not. What are you talking about? And it was like, you're a superhero. And I'm like, wow. And they're like, you know, what you do for children, you know, how you teach them and just you being a teacher, you know you are a superhero in so many ways. And, you know, they were like, basically, like, let me show you. And they were, like, showing me, you know, the past, the present, the future. They were showing me, you know, how everything I did came to this moment of me teaching. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was like the room just spent. And now I was, like, on a mission. Like, I had mm-hmm. superpowers. And I'm just like, what? And I, I, I have to remind myself of this story because it really, you know, helps me. Yeah. You know, to remember, but um, it was a it was a moment where something happened, and I looked at my sister, and I grabbed her hand, and when I grabbed her hand, it was like the most powerful force I've ever felt, and it was so crazy that I could feel this force in my dream. I could feel like when I when me and her, you know, touched our hands together, mm-hmm. something like magical happened. So God kind of told me like she's a superhero too. Like both of y'all are superheroes. And, you know, y'all have to do this together because together you have so much more power. Mm. So I think, you know, from that, I woke up and I told her about it. And I told her about, you know, some other stuff in the dream. And, she, and I just was like, you know, this is crazy. I had this crazy dream. And, you know, I would always have dreams and, it, you know, certain things would come true. But this dream was, you know, a little bit different. So I told her about it. And she just was like, what? And I was like, <laughs> it's just a dream, right? And she was like, No. Write it down, write it down, write it down. So yeah, I I was telling her in the morning, getting ready, the kids getting ready to come in. So I had to hurry up and record it on my phone and so I can remember everything that, you know, happened while the kids were walking into the room. Oh, wow. So um, this was in 2018. Okay. 2018. So life happened. <laughs> and I think, you know, at first it was kind of like, we didn't even realize it was going to be a book. We kind of just wrote it down because... One thing I've noticed is that, you know, God will give me dreams and then, you know, certain stuff will come true. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, I think that uh, my dream, a plane had crashed. And then on the news, you know, a, a plane had crashed like two days later. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, what is going on? So I think definitely um, God definitely had gave me a dream. And so we didn't know what to do with it yet. But then she started having dreams. Mm-hmm. So we was like, oh my gosh, what happened? And then we had another dream where it was like the same thing happened. Mm-hmm. Really? Se- separately, you had the dream. Yeah, separately had the dream. You know, different days. I had told her, like, you know, I had another dream because she would always called me, like, did you anything else? God tell you anything else? Right, like, what's up? I'm like, no, not, not now. <laughs> so I think over time, I feel like we were kind of we were kind of patient and waiting for God to just reveal certain things to us. Okay. So we couldn't move as fast as we wanted to because we really wanted you know, everything to be revealed to us in a dream or, you know, kind of be revealed to us in a spiritual way. So we kind of took our time, mm-hmm. you know, you know, before we even sat down to write the book. Right. And then finally, when we did get to writing it, it was a little bit easier because we had all these things already collected that we had already seen. Yeah. Yes. And I think, you know, just putting the final touches on it was just a matter of sit down, come on. You know, definitely that's still that team mindset that we always have with each other. It's like, she's my mom. 
I'm a protector, so it's like, you know, she would get on me like, come on, come on, come on, come on. And I would, you know, kind of like show her, you know, what I saw and she would show me what she saw. So it was definitely, you know, a team effort and we didn't really want to do anything without each other's, mm -hmm. you know, input or each other's or really without God's input. Yeah. So I think the writing process kind of was different from any writing process I ever had because I waited for God to show me things and we waited for God to show us things before, you know, we just wrote anything down because we wanted it to be purposeful. Yeah. So... Well, I don't even know where to start because there's so mm -hmm. much in that story. Like, and just to let y'all know, I don't know if we said it, but Maya and Mariah are twins. And so <laughs> this whole twin connection thing is like really tripping me out right now. Um, wow. Wow. So Mariah, what, what were you thinking? What was going on in your head before you kind of started having dreams in the same vision? When you first mm -hmm. heard it, like what told you to write it down? Okay. So, um, Right before she had that dream, I was at a point, and this was like, I think like May, and it was May of my first year, and I'm just like, I see no signs, I see no fruit, this job is not for me, I don't yeah. know why I took this job. Uh -huh. And so, um, with that being said, I needed something that would show me that my efforts weren't in vain. Okay. In the books, it talks about everyone needs an aha moment, like, oh, mm -hmm. this is why I'm doing this, this is why I was called, this is why this happened. And so for me, it was just like... God, I, I picked the wrong profession. Like, this is not for me. This is going to be my first and last year. Mm -hmm. And so when she had that dream, it was like tears of joy. Um, because it was like, this is exactly what I needed to hear. Right. You know, this is something that, don't give up, Mariah. Don't give up, Maya. You are called to be teachers. And, you know, I was on a say, everyone's year is rough. I was going to say, my year was the roughest, but yeah. uh, it was rough. I mean... Just I just not I didn't just I didn't know how difficult it would be to control them, how difficult it would to be to earn respect, how they would hurt my feelings. Sometimes I'd say, These are kids, they're not perfect. Like, you know, I treated as like one of my friends just turning back on me, like, you were just nice to me. Now today you were right. yelling back at me. I don't <laughs> understand. Like I took it personal. Every day I would cry. Especially if I really cared about a student. They, they, and I hate to, them to see me cry, but they just be like Dang, I really broke with Mrs. Hart today, you know. So it was just a lot of things about it was just like there's so many tears involved in this because you you wear your heart on your sleeve and you try your best to be hard. They tell you don't smile until December when you start in August. I'm like, I don't know how not to smile. It's like so much about it makes me smile. Yeah. And so they saw that love and just like, okay, she she's a loving teacher, but you know you have to find that that balance. But when she had that dream, I I needed it. I needed. To know that, you know, this is what I was supposed to do. Because I was done. Yeah. I was done. Yeah. I love that, that y'all were so connected in that way. And that her dream was able to really speak to you. Um, and kind of give your heart some peace. Yeah. And peace <laughs> of mind as far as what was going on. Um, okay. And so, after you all kind of had the dream. You kind of had the story. Um, it kind of compiled over time. What made you decide for it to be a children's book? Um, I think it was really hard to figure out what it was going to be. We just was trying to kind of be obedient to God. Yeah. So we wasn't really sure what it was going to be. I can't say that, you know, I, I geared it. We geared it towards children, but I will also say it's an adult book as well. Okay. I think, you know, not only can kids read it, but I think teachers would need to read it as well. I think it will, you know, you know, as she said, it's a Christian audience as well. I think, you know, anybody can read it and just, you know, the the, the title of this book is called, uh, you know, this, I'm sorry, it's a series. The, the Divine Sisters is, is a series. So, you know, God has given us more dreams. <laughs> you know, sometimes God will, God will give us a dream and Mariah be like, oh, that's not that, that's not this book. That's, that's, the, that's the third book. So I'll be like, girl, so God gave her about, you know, I'm, God still gives me dreams about the first one, you know. So he ain't, you know, give me so many. She done got books. She done got about 10 books already, right. dreams about. So I think, you know, definitely, you know, I think this is, you know, it's a children's book. But I also think this is a book that they can grow up into. Okay. So, you know, you know, like, you know, just this year they might be a certain age. But, you know, as the series continues to grow, they can be able to read it till you know, they are well Adults, so I think you know, adults can definitely read it and they can, you know, show it to their children and you know, they can have conversations about it because you know, even you, even now, some people don't know their purpose, yes. mm -hmm. some people don't yes. know where, what they're supposed to be doing, and 
like I have always noticed is that, you know, sometimes, you know, God can have you doing something at some point in time, but then you say, okay, that season is over. Yeah. You need to do something new. So we always have to be connected and asking God, what is my purpose for right now? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I want to know my purpose for the future, but what is my purpose right now? And then continue to show me over time, you know, what my purpose is in the future. So I think definitely, you know, for children, I really want them to read it because I want them to, you know, as young as they can be, I want them to always yearn for their purpose. Because what I feel that if students know their purpose at an early age, mm-hmm. their life would be so much better. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that they will be able to do so many more things if we make sure that we connect our students with our purpose. Right now, I'm raising a son and I've got him in modeling. I've got him, you know, doing YouTube videos because I want him to always have a purpose. So I'm always, you know, watching him to see, okay, what kind of things do he like to do? Mm -hmm. Because he likes to model. So I'm going to make sure I keep him, you know, looking for places to model. So I think definitely we have to keep our children, you know, at a young age, you have to, you know, really connect and say, God, what do you want me to do with this child? What are they going to do when they grow up? Because I want to lead them as much as I can to where it needs to be. And so when they grow up, it'll be a little bit more easy for mm-hmm. them. So I think, you know, starting this book at a young age would definitely change our next generation. So I think that's kind of why we said, okay, we want to be a children's book because we want at an early age kids to know and be used by God. So Yeah, I love that. And I love the fact that you want to keep it going throughout all the ages and that it's marketable to adults too mm-hmm. because that is so true. And I feel like a lot of times when you do become an adult – if you don't know your purpose right away, mm-hmm. your your mission is to connect with that inner child and mm-hmm. that and, and all mm-hmm. the things that you loved when right. you were that's a kid. True. It's like you have to rediscover yourself yeah, over true. and over right. and over again until you can really figure out what that mission is. So I love that and I think that's gonna be really good for adults to be able to even sit down with their kids and read and just mm-hmm. go on that journey together. So why, uh, first of all, the artwork is beautiful. Like, um, (laughs) the artwork is on point and we will definitely link, um, in a description of this episode, all of the things. So you'll be able to find like their trailer and the artwork and, you know, be able to find out, you know, just a little teaser about what the book's about, but the artwork is beautiful. And so one of the things that stood out to me the most about the artwork is that, um, obviously like it shows two brown-skinned women mm-hmm. that are superheroes, um, and, and the story is just beautiful. So why is this book, to you, important for black and brown children? Because I think that um, representation is everything, and so as children are kind of looking at this book, as young black girls are looking at this book, I think it's going to be profound mm-hmm. on their sense of identity. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts around that? So two weeks after she had that initial dream, about um just the idea of being a superhero um there was a post on facebook and it said what if we had superheroes that look like this mm-hmm. and it was it was the same artist who drew two other black girls and so it just gave me chills and i said i have to find him so i had to do that like, just like one that. of those google re- research like yeah they did look you i would have thought it. that he we were yeah. sitting right there when he drew it because they looked it just like they us. They did. And I, we never met them before. So we never met them. So we did one of those Google research, or what is it called? Reverse image? Google image searches. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. And so I found him on Instagram. He lives in Ghana. His name is Neil Bridham. Wow. He has and, tons of photos. And he is busy. Busy? He's mm-hmm. busy. And um, there was even more photos on his page that looked like us. Like there, It was one photo on his page where this girl had a red dress. Mm-hmm. And she looked it just like me, she had the same dress I had on, braising her hair, cause I had braised my hair on a, another picture that I had. So I'm just like, oh my god, how did he like what? I, like what? How did he know? Like what? so, this was meant to be. It's yeah, like, it's always in Ghana. So I'm yeah. like, ain't no way he been watching me and knowing what I look. I'm just like, wow. Shocked him when he saw it. He was just like, wow. wow. So yeah, she reached out to him. Yeah, and it, it took a little while um, to get into his schedule. Um, but I think we literally just told him. You know, just whatever you see, you know, 
Um, we did want them to have distinguishable char- characteristics, okay. so you can tell which one is which. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maya is the pink sister, and I'm the purple sister. Okay. Um, but we wanted them to look different um, because part part of this book too is to just even though we are twins, there's so much about us that's different, mm-hmm. and so we want we wanted to embrace that diversity between us. Um, but he did an amazing job. I think it's important that students see this, um, not just black girls, but also um, any other ethnicity, you know, because we know what other superheroes look like. Right. They don't have our color skin. And so even though there are some, you know, more coming out like Black Panther, um, you have Black Lightning. And so there's so many more. Um, but we just wanted to show one that was more of a cartoon character. Okay. Because the ones we see now, um, you know, are not really cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the ones that are present because I looked them up. I was like, what African-American? Right. What's out there? Yeah. You know, and so Wonder Woman has a sister, a twin sister that was formed out of a different clay. And so, you know, then there's a, there's like a Miss Bumblebee one. and There's so many other ones, but they're so like 1950s, 1940s. Yeah. There hasn't been a lot of, um, you know, ones recent, here recently. Right. So it's like, let's bring up this black um, superhero woman um, back to, you know, to the face of the world because we haven't seen it in a while. Mm. In a while. Yeah. In a while. I think it's, you know, so much different as well because, you know, not only do we have this black superhero but we have twin black superheroes so i think it's also can you know uh connect to people that are twins Mm -hmm. and i think you know it's you know being a twin is so much you know amazing things in itself and i think you know god put basically god put you know you together on this world for a purpose right and it's just so amazing how god you know gave us you know kind of the same purpose purpose i mean we got many purposes but god gave us you know the same purpose of teaching so it was just amazing how you know we are we we kind of see the ordinary life of a superhero you know most superheroes can have an ordinary life but we just happen to be you know a teacher and Mm -hmm. i don't think there's a lot of superheroes who ordinary life, they're a teacher. Yeah. Right. You know, most of them, most of the parents might come from a rich background, yeah. or might come from a poor gra- background. Another but, world. You know, yeah. another world, or, you know, they come from, you know, some magical thing that bit them, or just magical, you know, thing that happened. But for us, it was just what we were born with. And us right. finally walking into it, that kind of helped yeah. us get into our super ability. So I think it definitely gives you the opportunity that, you know, you could be a superhero as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You just have to know Discovery. what God told you to do. Yeah, yeah. And that's where your superpower comes from. So Yeah, I love that. Especially because especially in these times when we need to know how important teachers are and appreciate mm-hmm. that with everything that they do, um, and everything that they contribute to. That needs to be something that is at the forefront because they are superheroes. So they are in charge of, you know, educating our children. And so and that should be well paid. (laughs) It should be well paid and well appreciated and well acknowledged. So I love that story. So I know y'all started talking a little bit about the writing process. Um, Can you talk a little bit more about that and kind of what that all entailed for you? Um, I do want to say that, you know, me and my sister have always, like, uh, wrote things. Um, like, we, uh, at young age, we write poems. Mm-hmm. Then we start writing songs. Like, play. I, I, I play. play. Oh, play. oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, I, I do want to tell the story real quick. So, <laughs> so, me and Rhea wrote this, uh, play. Oh, my gosh. And y'all. it was like, it was like, I think Obama had just gotten to be president. Yeah. And we just talked about how we were so happy. I think it was a mom in it and a little girl in it and we just were so happy that you know it was a black president so it was a, a oh basically a God. story a play and i think we had about five or six pages to it and yeah. we had like stage directions we had it the action so i might need you to come you know yes. when it's kind of a movie okay. you might have to come oh, hey, and, and, and i remember she had the very very neat handwriting so she yeah she, write she it wrote over. it yeah, yeah, and she probably was probably the editor because one thing about me, I have so many ideas, <laughs> uh-huh. and I do, I do, I, you know, I, sometimes I, I don't. Sometimes it's like a, it's a hard situation or a hard sticky topic. Okay. But um, me and my sister both have ADHD since okay. we were kids, 
So, you know, I have an idea, but it'll be over here, over here, over here. Like, you know, we'll have this book, that book, and it'll be just all over the place. So, sitting down and actually just being able to write something yeah. from beginning to end is not, you know, ideal. It definitely is going to take some time because my thoughts are jumping everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. So, I think, you know, the writing process is a little bit different because my attention span has always been to multitask. Okay. Mm-hmm. Always. And it's always been to start something, start yeah. something, start something, start something. And then, you know, Mariah will come in and she'll start something, start something, start something. But we'll both come in and be like, okay, did you finish that? Right. Or and she'll come in <laughs> to me and say, did you finish that? Uh-huh. So I think definitely, you know, it had it had to be paid. We had to be patient with each other. I think mm-hmm. we probably wouldn't be able to work with another writer because mm-hmm. we're probably getting on, on the other writer's nerves. Like, really? <laughs> Like, you're not even going to come look at this paper. Like, you was just around me, but you right. don't want to come look at what I just wrote. So, I think definitely being patient with each other and, you know, just allowing each other to, you know, you know, have our own timing is definitely what helped because we've been around each other so much. So, we're used to yeah. each other's, you know, thought process, you know, developmental process. So, I think... It's, it's, it's a different writing process than anybody has ever, mm-hmm. you know, had. You know, sometimes, you know, she would write things and I would just would trust that she would, you know, you know, write everything based on what we've already saw. And then I would go back and be like, how'd you know? That, that's what I had in my dream. Oh, my you, goodness. You just knew that I already had that. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it would definitely be like, you know, an out-of-body experience. Like, you know, she was writing as me and I was writing as her. So I think... You know, it was definitely some twin, you know, powers mm-hmm. going on there. Um, but I know it's so much more to write. So, yes. I think, you know, it's going to be interesting, you know. So. It really is. Yeah. And I think, I need to say this too, it's a chapter book. Okay. So, we are looking at over 25,000 words. And so, um, this definitely was a process as far as figuring out all we wanted to say. You know, we also, you always want to keep with the overall story, overall theme of the story. Overall theme of the story is the call to purpose. And so, um, you know, this really does follow the Christian walk. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing you do is figure out what God wants you to do. Okay. And then what happens next? You figure it out and you about to be attacked. Mm-hmm. And now here comes the enemy. And so these next books, we're gonna be attacked, it's gonna be you know, there's gonna be things that's happening. You might even have a identity crisis because the first thing is kinda of a little little all glorious, you know. You get over that hurdle of, of just discovering your powers, but then eventually you're going to be attacked. And so um, just trying to make sure that each chapter tell, told its own story, that added to the story. Um, it just took time just to make sure that it was meaningful. There's some things that I wanted to put into this this, this book. I was like, this is not the right book. This is this is another another um, another um, chapter. I mean, not another chapter, but another what is book. It? A book, another book. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome, and I love that it pulls so much from your own spiritual journey. Like yes. because I feel like a lot of people are gonna really resonate with that because yeah. they have a lot of the same experiences yeah. of just you know wondering what their purpose is and wanting to find that connection. Mm-hmm. You know, wanting to feel connected to a higher calling. Yeah, and so I know a lot of people are really gonna resonate with that and. That writing process, I know it can definitely kick you in the butt for sure, but <laughs> I think it's really cool that you all have been able to pull from each other and do it together. So that's awesome. Um, so I want to know from you all, um, who inspires you and who or what has motivated you to keep going throughout this entire process? Um, so I definitely feel like um, uh, my pastor, he inspires me. Um, he definitely inspires me to kind of uh, dig deep and you know figure out you know what God is saying to me. So I think my uh, my Potter's House Day in family and the pastors there they definitely you know you know brought me closer to God and kind of allowed me to see that you know there was so much more for me to do um, than just you know worry about what I wanted to do. So I think. That definitely is something that, you know, I carry throughout college, I carry throughout my career, and I carry in the making of this book. Um, currently, you know, as far as my mom and my family, you know, just her being, you know, so loving towards children and then, mm-hmm. you know, 
her being loving towards her family and my dad being the protector of my family. I think it definitely helped me, you know, want to protect people so much. Um, and then they are so giving and so generous. I want to mm-hmm. give, you know, so many people. I think, you know, they definitely raised me to be, you know, uh, a helping hand. But here currently is definitely my son. He he really inspires me. Um, and even that day, I had a dream. And in that, in that very dream about this book, I had a dream about a child. Mm. And I was just holding a child. It was a baby doll. And then it started talking. And, you know, I always, you know, would ask God, like, you know, you talk to me about these certain things. And I didn't know what. What what was going on with you know the baby? So you know, and that was in twenty eighteen. He was born in twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. and then later on, you know, a couple months later, I met him, and you know, from there, you know, it's just been you know me and him just you know taking this journey together. He talks a lot. <laughs> he talks a lot. He talks. Yeah, a he loves. Lot. And you know, in the beginning, he he was a baby doll. When I first got him, he didn't say right. much. He didn't cry. Now. No. He he got a lot he got a lot of mouth now he got a lot to say he talks a lot and you know it's just you know and that's that's a story in itself about you know just my journey even when I was a a, a young girl you know God told me His name at a young age wow and everybody would look at me crazy and they would say who was Anthony I'm like I don't know but I like the name Anthony before you met before your I son? met him. I always would say, you know, Anthony. I always say Anthony, and, and maybe if he'd be like, "Girl, that's your that's your boyfriend or something." I'm like, "No, I don't even know nobody named Anthony. I just like that name." I was like 12 years old. Wow. I was like, I love that name, and I just kept, you know, saying that name. I never thought, no, I don't want to name my child Anthony, but I just like that name. Right. So that was kind of like my go-to name was Anthony, and then you know, I never really thought about it until I was just sitting there, and I was like. I call, you know, I always refer to him as Junior, and that's kind of like what Juju. Um, so I've always referred to him as that. And then, you know, I was just sitting there thinking, like, Anthony, Anthony, wow. So it's just, you know, God does things, you know, so purposefully, and he'll put people in your life and things in your life. And I think he definitely helped me, you know, connect to my purpose because he brought some some joy to my life that I needed, yeah. you know, during that time. You know, I was away at college. And, you know, I kind of, you know, was a very loving and giving person. And I wanted to get that love and, you know, receive those same, you know, loving ways back to me. And I, I feel like I kept failing at it. But when I met him, I was like, I don't need nobody to love me. Yeah. You know, all I need is him. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of like what helped me, you know, be more peaceful. So, like, in that, I feel like God kind of took away some bitterness that I had. Mm. And he gave me joy. And once I had that joy, I could see God's calling a little bit clearer. Right. So he was able to, you know, at a moment, at a point in time, I wasn't having no dreams about the book. Mm-hmm. But as the closer I drew to Anthony, my dreams got more vivid. They came more often. And it was kind of like God was, you know, clearing up the skies and, you know, showing me brighter days. So I think he definitely just inspires me to keep going. Uh, you know, he, he, he will definitely, like, just recently, like, I got my master's. He kept saying, I got my master's. You got your master's. And oh, he's so proud of me. Yeah. And, you know, he's looking up to that. So I definitely think, you know, I have something else to, you know, mm-hmm. go hard for. I can't just, you know, be content in one thing. I can't just, you know, do one of God's purposes. I have to make sure I do all of God's yeah. purposes because those could affect him, whether he gets to where he needs to get to. So I have to make sure that I'm, you know, staying blessed so that he can be blessed as well. Absolutely. What about you, Mariah? What who inspires you and who or what has kept you going throughout this process? So I'm just thinking about once this book comes out, um, I'm very inspired to write this again because of the little girls that will look at this book and, you know, will just um have new passions from it. And I just look yeah. even little girls, but just the children, period. You know, my ultimate goal in writing this book is I want students to understand there's so much more in life than just going to school and mm-hmm. listen to their parents. Yes, listen to your parents. Yes, go to school. But why do we have to wait till they grow up for them to figure out what they want to be or do what they want to do? I remember um, when I was in sixth grade, there was this little girl. I think she she either they had some kind of sewing company or she sells some kind of lemonade or something. But her mom would take her to the flea market and she would make sure that she um had her, her little business going. Yeah. And so in my mind I'm thinking, 
Why are we teaching kids how to, how to have an LLC? Why are we teaching kids how to write their own books? And so my goal, my goal, you know, and I'm going to share this. I didn't share this with many people, but I want to have a superhero writing camp. Mm-hmm. You know, my ultimate goal is after this book comes out is to, you know, have students come together to draw, to write, uh, to illustrate, and they'll have their first book. You know, if I can make that process just a little bit smoother because no one came to me and said, hey, I see you write a lot. You're a little girl that loves to write. I would write right. books. I would get mm-hmm. the stapler. I would get the. Mm-hmm. I would have the pieces of paper. I would write cover to cover. I would type it up, but no one was able to say, hey, let's print your book out. Let's take it to an yeah. editor. Let's, so I want to do that for kids. I want to help kids to be authors. That's my ultimate goal. And I've already talked to my editor about it. It's like, we need to find ways to get kids to put their dreams on paper. Why do they have to wait till they're 18? Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it's sad because we kids are dying with the dreams in them. Yeah. Some of them are having early deaths and um or are just having by the time they get eighteen and they get into the real world, you know, they realize how hard and harsh the world is and so now these dreams are being put aside because now I just gotta grow up and I just gotta live and sustain. I'm not living to meet my mm-hmm. dreams, I'm living to just live, like pay bills, um, you know, live check to check or whatever it is. But I want people to go beyond that and if we can get them now why, why they're innocent, why they're passionate. You know, as you get older, mm-hmm. people taint your dream. Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. do it. You can't achieve it. Look at this person. You, you're just going to be like everybody else. And so if you find a child that has that hope in them and say, I can do anything I want to do, it, it's just because even as I get older, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah. Because life, I've seen life and I've mm-hmm. seen things. I've seen too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my passion is why they're young, you know, to let these... I want to be a spark or, or, you know, something that keeps, maintains a fire. Yeah. You know, if I can add a little more wood to that fire so it doesn't go out, that would be a blessing to me. And so just the fact that I know a little boy or a little girl is going to say, I want to put my dreams on paper. I want to put my dreams in action. I want them, I want to see them in the real world. I don't want to just dream them. I want to live them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is amazing. Y'all giving me chills, okay? <laughs> go ahead and preach. <laughs> okay. So... One thing I want to know from you all is what is one thing, and it can be anything, that you have learned, whether it's about yourself, whether it's about um, writing, whatever it is, what is one thing that you have learned during this process? Mm. Um, I think one thing that I have learned, um, you know, because I'm, I'm going to say this process has been 2018 to, to now. Okay. So, you know, one thing I've learned is that, you know, there's so we go through so many seasons mm-hmm. and that, you know, God has, you know, sometimes we'll be doing something and it will feel great. And then, you know, a couple months later, it will just be, you know, the worst thing we ever did. So I think, you know, I definitely learned that I have to stay connected mm-hmm. to God because, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely need, you know, that support and that help and that guidance, you know, to make certain decisions, you know, to, you know, learn how to say no to certain things and, you know, learn how to, you know, get up and not be scared to do uh, what, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of doubt myself to do. I think, you know, I think even in writing this book now, I'm thinking, okay, you know, God, you purpose me to teach, purpose me to write. But now I'm like, okay, God, do you tell me to be... A lawyer? Like, it's just so many things. <laughs> even in this, even in writing this book, God has, you know, opened up other purposes in my life. Mm-hmm. So I think definitely what I've learned is that we have to be connected to God because you never know what you're supposed to do. But what I have learned is when you do what you're supposed to do, God will bless you tremendously. Yeah. Now, I believe, you know, us, you know, being dedicated to teaching, us being dedicated to this book, God has moved you know, and I, I'm, 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 I'm already, I'm just speaking this, speaking this into the future. But God is moving so fast. You know, even though we kept so quiet about this book, I noticed that we're getting ready to take off. This book is getting ready to take off. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting ready to, you know, really, you know, at this very moment, we we're gonna look back and say, wow, okay, and then. In the next couple moments, it's going to be crazy oh, yeah. how this book takes off. So I think we definitely have to prepare ourselves because you never know. You know what God is going to do next. So I think definitely staying connected. I've learned to stay connected because, you know, God will take you, you know, 
like you know, definitely on a roller coaster. But at the end, there's joy. So yes, you yes. know, at the end of the day, so that's why I definitely you know learned that you know definitely have to hold on and connect, and you know, God's gonna take you to that <laughs> promised land. So. I feel that, and I definitely feel that y'all are about to take off, too. I mean, when I seen it, I love animation anyway, mm-hmm. so yes. when I seen it, I was excited right. anyway. But there's one, I think that we are kind of getting to the age where um, a lot of our peers are having children anyway, mm-hmm. and a lot of our peers are kind of raising their children differently, mm-hmm. um, and so they're looking for this type of thing, yeah, right. and I think a lot of people are ready to be supportive of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen the support that y'all are getting, I've seen the excitement, and um, I definitely think it rains true, like, so buckle up for sure. Right. Buckle up, be ready. <laughs> buckle yeah. up for sure. So what about you, Mariah? What is one thing that you have learned during this process? I've learned patience. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always like, whatever we do for God, we're going to do it excellent. We're going to do it right. We're going to do it timely. We're going to make sure it's just perfect. And, you know, sometimes I forget to factor in that there's going to be time you know, that you have to wait. There's going to be waiting periods. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I've learned how to be patient. You know, there was a point where um, I had a counselor and I'm just like, I don't know how to get this book done. And I don't know how to connect and, and, and get a busy schedule because my have a busy schedule. She just had a little son. I'm like, I can't get yeah. in contact can't with her to write down something. Can't get her to sit down. And then God was just like, you're just going to have to wait on me. And then in that breath too, it's like the timing is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know that while I was over there stressing and we were going to be stuck at home for a couple months and I would have plenty oh, yeah. of time. Plenty right. of time. Wow. You know, and so it's yeah. like, you know, I'm learning that the, the the little bits of free time that I have or even in the busy mm-hmm. schedules to just understand how to use that time wisely yes. and not worry about what I can't do. Because while I'm worrying about what I can't do, there are so many other things that I can. Mm-hmm. You know, so the 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 what you can do is so limiting. Yeah. And when you realize what you can, uh, there was there was a sermon that my pastor preached. He said he was waiting for this lady um, to give him his prescription. And he's like, why can't you give it to me right now? And he said he forgot how many things he needed in the store. If he would have took that time, he was waiting for that lady to give him a prescription and go in the store and get what he needed, time would have went by faster. Yeah. But he was too busy focused on what he didn't have right now. So Yeah, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Um, just because, like, I think quarantine slowed a lot of things down for a lot of people. Um, I can definitely speak for myself and say, like, in terms of how to use my time um, and and to also be patient with myself, too. And I feel like for me, um, throughout the throughout my years, I've always been a person that's like on the go, on the go. I'm always moving. I'm always feeling every hour. And so I think that um, quarantine was like, girl, slow down, yeah, slow down. (laughs) And and, and then you can really be busy all day and get nothing done, which is crazy. (laughs) Crazy. It it makes no sense. Uh And so I think that my time has been more purposeful. I've been able to get more done, even if I'm only doing a few things a day. Mm -hmm. It it just seems like it's just been working better Mm -hmm. to not fill my entire day and put all that pressure on myself to try to get all these things done, but to really use those little pockets of time Mm -hmm. that I carve out that I'm like you know I'm gonna work on this right now Mm -hmm. you know that's been working a lot better so I definitely resonate with that and Mm -hmm. quarantine has been teaching some lessons for sure Mm -hmm. yes 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 okay so one of my last questions for you all is as black educators when you think about everything um that you've been able to do what is the impact that you hope to have um I um, I just hope to have more impact. Um, you know, I don't want to just help students in the classroom. I think it's kind of the reason why I went to go get, you know, my master's degree because I want to help them on a different level. You know, I have a degree in curriculum and instruction, so I want to help them, you know, with, you know, the resources they have. I want to make sure that there's diversity, you know, in the books that they read, that there's diversity in their instruction, and that there's no differentiation. I want to make sure that, you know, everything is not just always, you know, the same thing we've been learning. I want it to be, you know, I want it to be different. I want it to be catered to this generation. So I think I want to help on that aspect. And as I mentioned before, like, I, w- I want to also, you know, go to law school. So I want to help them, you know, uh, you know, whether they're dealing with, you know, whether it's, you know, 
prejudice or discrimination or whether they're dealing with, you know, financial, you know, just anything that on, you know, when it comes to the courtroom or when it comes to laws, when it comes to, you know, policies. I want to help in that aspect. I want to, you know, help pass laws for education, help pass law to get teachers more money, help pass laws to <laughs> yeah. get students more resources, help pass laws to get them, you know, more people, more, you know, uh, people in a classroom that can help them, you know. As teachers, we shouldn't have these big, huge classrooms and, you know, be one teacher. We need, you know, need more help. teachers. Yeah. So I, I want to, you know, pass, you know, help pass, you know, policies that would help students. So I not only just want to help them in the classroom, but I want to help them on all levels. So for my impact, you know, I just want to help students succeed. I want to mm-hmm. help them to be, you know, the best adults they can be, mm-hmm. that we can have a greater, you know, world. And I hope they can see from my love and they can see from my spiritual walk. I want to help them, you know, grow closer to God and, you know, be, you know, givers, be helpers. And whether they are doctors or whether they are, you know, nurses or whether they, you know, want to go into acting, I still want them to have that nature to want to give and want to help others. So mm-hmm. I guess, you know, my my impact is that I will raise up a generation that will be called by God and they will really, you know, know Jesus and that they will, you know, be... Uh, purposeful in this world and that our world would just go greater in love so that's what my impact that I want to leave that's beautiful what about you Mariah so my goal is to change the narrative mm-hmm. um, I think I want students to just understand that being black is so dope okay it's, it is one of the best things in the world and I and I want to I want to use even history you know, I have this great opportunity to be a social studies teacher this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm like geeked. Like my students are gonna be liberated. They're gonna be free. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be worried about their oppressions. That we breaking oppressions. They are going to just know about the truth. So I think it's so important to just teach them the truth about our race, because in history we are first taught how we were um, servants and slaves. But even in the stories of slavery, there are s- stories of great perseverance, of courage. Um, we faced the hardships of our families being torn apart, um, of having to just submit to other authority, and to the point where we don't we sh- we should never quit. It shouldn't be in our DNA. Our ancestors did not quit. They went through so many different things, and because of what they went through, it just gives us an outlook that we can achieve the world, and 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 we we deserve that. We deserve to um, have our own businesses, yeah. have our own restaurants, have our own um, pharmacies, have our own books. Just We deserve to be in every sector of the business place. We deserve to have everything um, Black-owned. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's going to be really exciting. So tell us what what's next. What's coming up next? Um, you know, I saw that you all have a website. So... What what's on there? Like what resources are available? What's next for you all? So being a teacher, um, writing a book, <laughs> you already know there's gonna be a curriculum with the book. Of course. So of course there's gonna be activities and things for teachers to do with students. Of course there's gonna be um, you know, chapter questions where, you know, you do comprehension with the students. But it also is gonna be some things where students can um, look at what's happening in the story and make a decision before they turn the page. So there's, there's a decision-making diagram. There's opportunities for the students to compare me and my sister, well, how we like, how we different. Yeah. Um, then there's opportunities for teachers to get empowered. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be um, a questionnaire. Um, it's kind of like a diary where teachers remind themselves of their purpose. So if they're like us that first year, like we're ready, we're done, we want to quit, it's called if God called you, you can't quit. Mm. And so it just takes them through the scriptures, takes them through some questions that reminds them of why they were called. Um, there's going to be some prayers for teachers, affirmations, just to remind themselves of who they are, who God called them to be. There's also some um, activities for kids as far as crosswords. I love word scrambles. I also love, <laughs> I also like to figure out how many words I can make out of a word. Okay. So, old school. So like take superhero, <laughs> how many words you can make out of superhero. Yeah. So, and then there's actually like a Candy Crush game on there. Okay. Um, and then there is um, just information to contact us for if you want us to come and do uh, book signings with kids. Okay. Um, learn more about us. Um, we have a trailer on there for the first book. Yes. And so yes. There is so much content on the website. It, that website is my second baby. 
the book is my first, the book's my second book. Yeah, so I think that's definitely what's next, you know, just kind of spreading the word about the book. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we have to, you know, be cautious with, you know, the COVID-19 guidelines. But we really want to, you know, go to different schools and, you know, help students, you know, learn about purpose and, you know, uh, you know, kind of like be interested about this book, you know, just so we can kind of get students, you know, involved in what their purpose is. Um, but Mariah, um, the book is coming out. Go ahead and let them know. So the book is coming out September 27th. And we are going to have a book release party that day at my mother's um, event place called the Party Palace. And we'll share more details about that. Um, but also we're going to do some pre-orders. So um, people can just, you know, order the book ahead of time. And it's going to enter into a raffle. But we'll definitely go into more uh, about all these details later. But for now, um, just be prepared to look out for that pre-order date, look out for that book release date, and we're even going to release the website before um, the book release and the pre-order. So just stay tuned. Okay, where can folks follow? Is there anywhere? Do you have like a page, social media? Yes, they can follow us on Facebook and it's The Divine Sisters on Facebook. Okay, and that will be linked in the description of this episode. So no worries if you didn't catch all of those resources. Okay, well, thank you all so much for being on this episode of Face to Face and letting us know about your experience as black educators and just what you're up to and everything about your book. I love the story. I love the artwork. I love the um just the the purpose behind the story and I think it's going to do amazing things and the impact is going to be great and so I just want to thank y'all for being on today well, and you. catching thank up so with much. me telling that embarrassing story right, 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 right. <laughs> I can't believe it. right thanks y'all <laughs>